1: Hello, everyone. Ooh, little voice crack there. Hello, everyone. We will be talking about pleasure today. And before we do that, I have to tell you, I'm in a bit of a weird mood. I feel like today was really weird for me because I kept seeing stuff, I would say, for the last week, Or two, I keep seeing stuff on my For You page about bears and people encountering bears. And then I kid you not, I was walking through just an urban little path today. And to my right was a massive black bear. And everything was fine. You know, I backed away. I just like walked in the other direction, called uh, the conservation department and... Yeah, just let them know because it was quite close to a main road. However, the reason that I'm bringing this up is actually uh, lost to me now that I start saying it aloud. But, you know, it just put me in a very weird mood. It was like one of those things that happens that is so unusual. And then you just kind of are in a weird mood after that. It kind of like jolts you a little bit. I'm not sure if that is making sense. But, anyhow, today we'll be talking about pleasure. And, you know, this is seemingly a very complex conversation even though it's it shouldn't be I feel but as I started kind of brainstorming and coming up with ideas for this episode I realized there's so much to discuss and I also asked this question on Instagram and you know just some of the answers that came back were really interesting to me so that's what we'll be discussing today And we'll be talking about the connection between pleasure and the reality creation process, essentially how it's at the basis or the root of reality creation. This belief that you're worthy of pleasure, that you're worthy of ease, peace, balance, calm, clarity, satisfaction, fulfillment, but how our attitude and potential shame around pleasure can interfere with our ability to see ourselves as such. This episode is going to be about starting to unravel our relationship with pleasure, exploring some of the narratives and the attitudes that we have towards it, and exploring how that feeds into, as I said, the reality creation process. Now, this is a new topic for me. I'm only just beginning to explore this for myself. So I hope that this is the first of many conversations we have here about pleasure, but My sense is when I sat down to kind of start brainstorming an episode, this concept of pleasure kept coming up. And so my sense is that it's very important to discuss. And when I asked myself why, really what came up for me was the fact that owning your right to experience pleasure and things that are connected to pleasure like ease, satisfaction, enjoyment, freedom... I think is also very connected to owning your power, feeling worthy of essentially raising your standards for what you're experiencing and no longer, you know, letting things pass through your experience that don't meet those standards and setting up boundaries. And I will say before getting into it, two things. Number one, we are going to be talking about sex in this episode, but it's not all about that. I'm going to share why I want to talk about sex and I don't think I've ever talked about it on this podcast before, not because I am weird about talking about it or like have any kind of aversion towards the topic. It just hasn't really come up. And to be honest, again, this part of life is something that I'm still unraveling. So I'll just preface this episode with that. And I'm also sharing specifically through my lens. I've mentioned before that I was raised Catholic and my intention here is not to demonize religion or anything like that. I have no problem with people who that's, that's what they want from their reality. However, I'm specifically talking about the ways in which religion has impacted my relationship specifically with pleasure and also sex. Now in a recent episode, the episode name I believe was Designing My Character With You, I talked about some of the themes that were coming up for me in my day-to-day life and how that was informing my character design process. One of the things was repeated one of the things that was repeatedly coming up was my relationship with money. And I started to consider why I actually wanted money and what I thought its purpose was in my life. And I began to realize that it was very connected with my pleasure and with my satisfaction and my feeling of ease and freedom and how historically I haven't really felt worthy of any of those things. And I consequently haven't really felt worthy of money and there have been, there has been a lot of shame and programming around kind of each of these topics. So I think that they're very connected and I'm still exploring how, but that will kind of feed into today's conversation as well. All right, so let's start off by exploring the connection between shame and pleasure. Again, this is all from my perspective and we are going to be talking about religion and the perspective I'm coming from from is from having been raised Catholic. So it seems to me like the pursuit of pleasure in many cases, not just religious, has been demonized to some extent and also deemed a selfish pursuit. We've kind of been taught to fit ourselves into what I'll call the way things are in quotation marks often at the expense of our own pleasure and enjoyment, and not really ask any questions. It's that just get on with it mentality. To even entertain the idea that a more pleasurable reality is available can feel self-indulgent, unrealistic, vain, and even shameful. Now, to explore this a little bit further, let's consider what I would say is the crux of human pleasure, which is sexual pleasure. So even as someone who has consciously worked to shift my relationship to sex, a Catholic upbringing and also other societal and cultural narratives have left a residue in my psyche, that I should be ashamed of that aspect of myself, that my sexuality is dirty, shameful, sinful, embarrassing, needs to be hidden. And I think especially as a woman growing up, what I found was that so many conversations surrounding sex or things like masturbation were always very male-centric. It was all about their pleasure, how good you were at pleasing them, how willing you were to give them what they wanted. But... If you gave too much, you'd more than likely get a shameful label attached to you. And something that I found very interesting but also sad was that you could take a guy and a girl and they would be behaving in the exact same way sexually, but one was labeled as kind of like a player and almost these desirable attributes, whereas the woman quite often was labeled in the way that we all know. And... I've been on the receiving end of this as well, and I've been on the receiving end of a lot of shame, and, you know, that has been a lot for me to unravel as well, and I personally had no concept of my own personal pleasure and what that looked like, what my needs were, you know, my own sexuality and what I really wanted until probably my early 20s, and It's taken a lot to unravel my identity as an object that exists to serve the pleasure of a man and see myself as an autonomous being who has her own needs, desires, wants. You know, specifically growing up, I found that it was very normal for guys to talk about masturbation and self-pleasure as early as, in my case, grade 5 or 6. Whereas, on the other hand, I don't remember having that conversation with my girlfriends until university and even then it was it felt very embarrassing and the conversation felt shameful now the reason i wanted to start here is because at least for me i think a lot of my shame and my guilt surrounding pleasure in my life not just sexual pleasure i think it stems from this place we're kind of taught especially through religious programming that it's morally superior and virtuous to deny ourselves of one of our most significant sources of pleasure. So it's natural to think that this denial of desire and pleasure carries over into other areas of our lives. And also that shameful feeling that we have about that aspect of ourselves carries over into other areas of life. It's shameful, for example, to desire money or freedom or a pleasurable lifestyle. We can even feel guilt when we are actually experiencing pleasure and I know in my case I often feel like there's something wrong or you know waiting for the other shoe to drop and this is why I think so many people especially what I have witnessed so many women come into this community and share that they don't know what they desire that connection to desire has been so fragmented as we've pushed away how we want to live and we've kind of followed and stepped into how we're supposed to. And also going back to the kind of male-centric Sexual narrative. We've also seemingly learned to value ourselves to the extent that we please someone else. That the best, most acceptable, most safe way to move through life and the one that's going to make us the most desirable is to prioritize someone else's pleasure over our own. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode is pain versus pleasure. I kind of see them being two parts of the same continuum equally normal parts of life and from my standpoint both morally neutral it's like if we were to consider happy versus sad on a spectrum or a continuum They're seemingly contrasting states that we can move through and fluctuate between but it doesn't really make sense to assign morality to either they add texture to life and contrast and These states can also be information or feedback and tell us a little bit about what we do or don't want in life. But going back to the conversation on pleasure and shame, we seem to have assigned a moral judgment to the pursuit of pleasure and in some cases assigned value to pain. It's seemingly virtuous and morally right to forego and deny ourselves a pleasure while pain can be seen as meaningful and worthy of salvation. We seem to find validity in our pain but not so much in our pleasure and an example of this would be you know when you're in a conversation with people and people are complaining about their lives you know justifiably so but there's Sometimes this guilt when your life is feeling good and feeling like things are are going well there's this guilt or this feeling of being self-conscious about not really having anything negative to add and I've almost noted for I've almost noticed excuse me for myself that sometimes I'll fabricate something just to have something to add because there's almost this awkwardness in a conversation where people are kind of sharing pain or difficulty or complaints or negativity, which again, I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I'm more speaking to the guilt that we feel in not being in that state. We feel like there's something wrong. We feel like we are leaving people behind or we have it easier than other people. And then there's a guilt attached to that or in the way that we feel guilty about the idea of ease or freedom. Now, I know that of course the scale can tip too far in the other direction being so obsessed with the pursuit of happiness and pleasure that we avoid things like conflict or pain but I think for many it's tipped too far for too long on the side of pain and I think the shame-based narratives about trying to change this only perpetuates the problem and interferes with our ability to move towards a more pleasurable reality for ourselves And the way I see it, since a belief in a more pleasurable, expansive experience is at the basis of reality creation, it's worth healing, if not at the very least neutralizing our relationship with pleasure. So examining perhaps for the first time our narratives around pleasure and pain. So I shared some of mine and how I think a lot of my narratives surrounding pleasure are rooted in the fact that one of the biggest sources of human pleasure was demonized for as long as I can remember through many of the systems that I was surrounded by in early life. And not only that, but the way I valued myself, especially in relationship, was heavily centered around another person and my ability to please that person and my ability to, you know, be Willing to behave in the way that I was expected to. And so nowhere in that picture does my pleasure and my desire really fit in because, on one hand, you have an intense, shameful, you know, sinful mentality surrounding your own, specifically sexual pleasure. But again, I think this applies to other areas. And then on the other side, You really haven't been encouraged to explore your own pleasure, see what you want, see what you like, you know, consider what you desire. And I want to provide another example or maybe two examples that aren't linked to sexuality. The first one is when I was considering leaving my corporate job to explore a different lifestyle, I felt a deep, deep calling to a different type of lifestyle. I felt very unhappy And, you know, I was suffering mentally in the job that I was in. I internalized a lot of the narratives that you kind of have to just make the best of your situation, especially if you're in a situation that you should be very grateful for. You really, really need to work on just being happy with it. And so that for me meant that I would deny even exploring different options in my head because i felt like even that was selfish and unfair when you know other people are in far worse situations than i was and So, I remember confiding in a colleague. This was a colleague who was a little bit older than me and much further into their career. And we related in a lot of ways surrounding our mental health and some of the challenges that we had. So, I really thought that I could confide in this person and that, you know, maybe they would give me some good advice. And I kind of just shared that I was really struggling with being in the position that I was and that I thought that I wanted to kind of like take a break and try something different and see what else was out there which you know that in and of itself is a very fair thing to desire to experiment and to try something different and the response that I received was really hurtful I understand where she was coming from But basically, it was reflective of what I just said, which was that I should be so grateful to be in the situation that I'm in. And regardless of the mental health experience that I was having, you know, it's not worth sacrificing this experience. And
0: Hold up, what was that?
1: They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You know, the rest, that kind of narrative. Basically, what I took away from it was the desire to try to create a different lifestyle and you know, find something that might be better suited to you, especially when you are doing very poorly from a mental health perspective is selfish, it's greedy and it's wrong and you shouldn't be doing that. So going into this conversation with this person, I had all this momentum towards this new lifestyle that I could create for myself and I had all these ideas and I was inspired and I was excited and you can see how this ultimately internalized feeling of shame surrounding wanting to create something different for myself would interfere with the process of creating that reality for myself and it did interfere ultimately I didn't have to let what this person said get to me but I did and I think I delayed my decision of choosing to move on from that job for longer than I would have had I not had that conversation now I'm not blaming this person I think what I took away from it was that they reflected back to me all of the fears and anxieties I was having about the potential judgment that I could experience when walking away from this type of job they were really just reflecting back to me that narrative that was really holding me back and so I had to do some unlearning of that shame that I felt and I had to be able to stay in my corner and recognize that I deserved to be happy I deserved to be in a job that I didn't absolutely dread every single day that I had to go into it and one where I felt like my creative passion was being expressed and that ultimately i look forward to and suited my lifestyle. So what i'm trying to say here is that when our narrative surrounding pleasure and pain and shame are left unchecked, they can understandably interfere with our ability to move towards our desired reality. So just a simple question of what does pleasure represent to me? What does pain represent to me? What does what role does pleasure play? What about pain? And what came up for me was that pleasure represented selfishness, greed, um, shame, sin, being gluttonous, being overindulgent, whereas pain for me represented meaning and purpose and suffering, which felt like it also represented validity. And so, What I'm trying to share here is that what each of these things represents to you may be different from what I've shared in this episode. So my narrative surrounding pleasure and not just sexual pleasure, but pleasure in general being perceived as kind of sinful and dirty and greedy versus finding more validity and virtue in pain and suffering. And by the way, if that association of selfishness comes up at all with the concept of pleasure, just know that it doesn't just mean that when you are in pursuit of pleasure and when you allow yourself to experience pleasure, it doesn't just mean that you're single. singularly, is that a word? It doesn't mean that you're just serving yourself. You can derive pleasure from giving to others, from being generous, but not because you're obliged to do so, because it gives you pleasure. So the service is more of a byproduct of something that gives you pleasure. And I think when you're on the receiving end of someone's service that isn't out of obligation, but is because that person loves doing that thing, I think that that is a completely different experience. Me on this podcast, I don't do it because I feel obliged to be of service. I do it because I love I love it. I love sharing my thoughts and creations and ideas. And I love that it resonates with you and that it expands you. But I don't do it because I'm trying to be this great, benevolent person. I just like doing it. And it just so happens that it benefits others. So I shared a sticker on Instagram basically asking you about your relationship with pain and pleasure and guilt and shame and all these things. One person said guilt regarding receiving good stuff in your life, always feeling like good things always need to come with bad things. This is definitely something that resonates with me. It's that waiting for the other shoe to drop energy and also again this feeling that something's wrong if things are going well i feel like i spend a lot of mental energy on being anxious about things or i have in the past that when things are going well it's almost like i don't know what to do with that energy and again also feeding into this belief that when good things happen something bad also has to happen for me specifically is deeply connected to the fact that i don't or haven't in the past really felt worthy of that pleasure. So it's like when something good happens to me, I energetically want to kind of push it away because I don't want the the shame that comes along with feeling Pleasure. Someone said, the guilt one feels while resting, which makes the rest not very restful, is very painful. Very interesting to bring up rest in this conversation. I hadn't really thought of that, but I guess when we consider pleasure, we can also consider the things that are linked to our well-being and our narrative surrounding that, and the way that sometimes we can really rush through simple tasks that could bring us a sense of calm and pleasure and we feel so much guilt about doing those types of things. Another person said, has a lot to do with growing up. Growing up in the church has me second-guessing all of these things, unfortunately. It's not as natural when things have been ingrained into you. Very relatable, you know, I basically talked this whole episode about my experience growing up in the Catholic church and how that's been a really complicated, you know, thing to unravel myself from and disconnect my identity from those structures and when you have grown up in this system you know I grew up going to church going to catholic church and also went to catholic school so that was such a big part of what I learned to be true it's very understandable that it takes time to unlearn these things, but I think giving ourselves permission to have a little bit of agency in this question even if you are still practicing a certain faith or a religion, I think still being able to give yourself agency and say, you know, look at the bigger picture, at least for me in the question of pleasure, do I do I really resonate with the narrative that has been passed down through this system? And Understandably, so I may have interpreted things in the way that they weren't meant to be interpreted, but even still, this is the result of whatever narratives were shared in this space. And so I have to do that unpacking. I'm not sure if that made sense, but basically, what I'm trying to say is regardless of the intent of religious programming, whether the intent is or isn't malicious. If the outcome is that you feel shame around your pleasure, then I think that it's worth unraveling that shame. Someone said, shame on spending money for myself is huge. Yes, I've actually kind of been doing some exposure therapy to spending money on myself recently. Now, don't get me wrong. I certainly have spent money on myself in the past, but my nervous system experience when I would spend money would be really bad (laughs) like honestly I would just kind of go into fight or flight no matter how much money I have in my bank account I found it really really hard to spend money and specifically spend money on myself on things that would bring me pleasure and ease and it's interesting I feel like again I felt this sense of validity and virtue in trying to make the best of the things that I had Even if I had the resources, the financial resources to access things that would make my life a bit easier, if that makes sense. Exposure therapy for me... If you don't know what it is, it's something that really helps with my anxiety. And I've been applying exposure therapy principles to other areas of my life. Basically, it's exposing yourself to what you're scared of or even what you're ashamed of. And then when you do that in a controlled way, so not in a way that's going to flood your nervous system and overwhelm you and you know trigger you and re-traumatize you. For me, it's more so about going slightly outside of my comfort zone and exposing myself to the thing that I'm afraid of. And then being able to work through that and being able to stabilize in that experience. And so something that I actually started doing this past month was I made a wish list and it was all of these items that I've been wanting for a really long time ranging in price and I just started to buy them for myself. The intention that I infused this experience with was that I was worthy of experiencing pleasure. I was worthy of having these desires and then having those desires fulfilled and giving that to myself and you know what happened was I would feel that nervous system response I would feel that stress response kick in as soon as I went to hit purchase but it started to get less and less and my narratives have started to change and Just in the short span, I've been doing this for about a month. So bear in mind, these are not high ticket items. They're small things. I bought myself, for example, a really nice kitchen knife. Now, when I say really nice, it was like 30 bucks, but I've never done that before. It's something that represents kind of luxury and ease to me because I've always kind of had this mentality that you just have to work with what you've got. And finally, I just thought, you know what? Having a nicer kitchen knife would be really nice. Having a better kitchen knife would make the experience of cooking a lot more pleasant and I deserve to have that experience so I am going to make this purchase. But yes I can definitely relate to that experience of having huge guilt and shame and fear towards spending money on yourself and you know again unraveling the narratives that we have about that as well. Another thing that I want to I wanna mention here because I see it coming up a lot, like so frequently. It's this thing that we've like collectively latched onto that I just really don't agree with. It bothers me every time I see it. Is this idea that you for the purposes of your budget, you need to deny yourself of things that really bring you pleasure. For example, getting coffee every day, going out and buying yourself a coffee. You need to stop doing that because it's ruining your budget and that's why you're poor. Okay, like Since when did life become about denying ourselves of every single simple pleasure? If it's really important and it brings you a lot of joy to go out and buy a coffee, I'm sorry, I I just, I get it. I get where it's coming from. Budgets to me are a complicated thing because I see the value in them, but I also think they're like, I don't know, that's just not how I really want to spend a great deal of my energy. Now, I'm not suggesting to go out and irresponsibly spend all of your money not at all because i think that creates again a nervous system experience that is not pleasant. However, i do think that if something brings you a lot of joy, if you're if you're wanting to experience a life and a reality where every single day you can go out and buy yourself the most luxurious coffee, then That's what you should do. I think that when we contract and deny our desires to meet our circumstances, it doesn't really allow our reality to expand. So instead, the approach that I've taken is, I really want this thing. Maybe I don't get it right now, but I'm going to create a reality for myself where I can have this thing. I'm going to expand into a reality where it's possible for me to experience this thing that I really want that brings me pleasure and joy. I also think as you do this, there might be categories of life where you're spending that really aren't giving you pleasure and that are, you know somebody else's idea of what's right and somebody else's idea of what you should be spending money on so it's not to say that when you choose to expand in this way that you're going to continue to spend all this money although you may if you want to it may just be a realignment of your own values and what really matters to you but what i think what where i think this messaging of you shouldn't buy yourself a coffee fails to it's just It just feels shameful to me. It feels like you're shaming people for wanting something that brings them joy and you're telling them that that's the reason why they don't have any money. And I think my intention is to move away from that type of narrative. If you want to treat yourself to a coffee every single day and that's what brings you joy then I think that you should expand and create a reality in which that's possible to you and in which you can do that while still feeling stable and while still being able to support yourself in all the ways that you want to. I'm not trying to encourage overconsumption. I'm simply saying that shaming people for what brings them pleasure is counterproductive with the caveat that what brings them pleasure isn't hurting you or anybody else okay well that was a very interesting episode i think we bounced around a lot but i hope that this resonated with you and yeah that's all i have for today love to hear your thoughts on this episode and for now i will leave you with that and i'll see you next week hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter